I am not 100%. I don't feel great. Um, I had strep throat on Monday and then got a, like a chest cold, head cold kind of thing. So I'm just hoping not to cough through the entire, you know, sermon. Um, so I'm going to need you guys to pray for me on that because um, I have coughed all morning. Um, throat sore. Like, I'm not contagious. Let's just go ahead and get this out there. I know some people are freaking out a little bit, and I've sanitized every aspect of my hands. Um, so that's good. But um, I will, will try my best not to cough to, uh, to the level of annoyance, but at the same time, just need some help on that. So I'm going to ask you to pray for me. I'm going to pray for you, and then we'll jump on in uh, to authentic faith. Okay, let's pray. <clears throat> Our Heavenly Father, thank you so much for who you are. Your faithfulness is without measure. Um, God, you have brought every single one of us into this room for a reason, for a purpose. And, and God, I pray that we would glorify you and honor you today. And Father, that you would open our eyes and our hearts to see the truth, to see your son magnified, to see a hope that is only found in you. So God, that you would help us to embrace just your gospel. Um, in places where our faith is weak, that you would increase it in places where our faith doesn't exist, that you would give it. And God, for myself, uh, God, I feel completely unable uh, and inadequate to, to preach about you, to teach about you, to point to you. You are just so much more amazing than I'm able to actually paint a picture of. And God, my, my voice is tired. Um, I haven't felt great. Um, but you speak and universes are created so god i know that you can do something in my heart and in my body to make me feel better um, so please help me to do that and uh, where i stray from what is true or when i tend to be more about something i want to say god that you would take control and, and that you would be honored and annoy every word that you would protect our hearts and, and open them up to your truth we ask this in your name amen all right, so we are continuing our John series, and we're going to be in John chapter 4, and we're going to talk about authentic faith. So to begin, I want to share a story uh, with you guys, and this is um, a few years ago, probably, oh, probably five years ago, we had a small group going on at our house, and I can remember one um, fella in particular coming, and he, he was a seeker, okay? He was a seeker, um, and what his seeking for truth and for hope really looked like was a little bit crazy um, to us or to me or to someone that maybe grew up in church. It was very different. Essentially, he would come to our small group, and we would have a lesson, and we would talk about the hope that can be found in Jesus and, and where his spiritual journey had led him into was to this, I guess, hybrid version of Jesus, if you will. It was a Jesus that was steeped in, in, in Eastern philosophies and mixed with a little bit of Buddhism and some New Age mysticism. It was a Jesus that had to have something added to, right? His spiritual curiosity, though it was good, it had him seeking for truth. It had also led him to a place where that truth had been skewed by basically different teachings throughout this world. So the problem with that is this, is that spiritual curiosity doesn't always equal 
authentic faith. Okay? Spiritual curiosity doesn't always equal authentic faith. Authentic faith is founded in the truth and, and founded in something that is actually real and tangible and, and not a conglomeration of all kinds of different things or whims or cultural perspectives or this and that. We want an authentic faith founded in something that is reliable, that is trustworthy, that is legitimate, that is very real and, and life-altering. Anything outside of that, like spiritual curiosity, can lead us to look at, but also to miss, you know, the reality of Christ. So this is one of those things, in talking with my friend, we would have conversations where he would share, he's like, well, yeah, it's kind of like this, but we could always bring back to, be like, man, I'm so thankful that your curiosity has you looking and seeking and trying to find the truth. The problem with where you're looking is you're mixing truth with a whole lot of other stuff. The whole lot of other stuff is actually twisting your version of truth, which now makes your faith unreliable. So we want to see it based on truth, pointed toward truth, so that it's something that we can actually build a house on. You know, Jesus taught about the guy that built on sand and then building on a good foundation. We want to build on a good foundation because when we build on non-truth, and a half-truth is, is a whole lie. So we don't want to build on even a half-truth. We want to build on a full truth so that we can have a foundation to actually go forward and, and, and see how that shapes and shifts the trajectory of your life and my life. So this is where it will lead us into authentic faith. So in chapter 4, verse 39, we're going to pick up. And up to this point, we've had the Samaritan woman. Um, we've had this conversation with Jesus with her. And now we're actually picking up um, a little bit further into that story. So here we go. Now, many Samaritans from the town believed in him because of what the woman had said when she uh, testified. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there for two days. Many more believed because of what he had said. And they told the woman, we no longer believe because of what you said, since we have heard for ourselves and know that this is really the Savior of the world. After two days, he left there for Galilee. Jesus himself had testified as a prophet that a prophet has no honor in his own country. When they entered Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him because they had seen everything he did in Jerusalem during the festival, for they had also gone to the festival. He went again to Cana of Galilee, where he had turned water into wine. There was a certain royal official whose son was ill at Capernaum. When the man had heard that Jesus had come from Judea into Galilee, he went to him and he pleaded with him to come down and heal his son since he was about to die. Jesus told him, unless you, believe, uh, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Sir, the official said, come, come down before my boy dies. Go, Jesus told him, your son will live. And the man believed what Jesus had said to him and he departed. He was still going down. His servants met him saying that this boy was alive. He asked him at what time he got better. Yesterday at one in the afternoon, the fever had left him, and they answered. The father realized that this was the very hour at which Jesus had told him, your son will live. So he himself believed along with his whole household. Now this was the second sign that Jesus performed after he came from Judea to Galilee. What we're going to look at here is that actual commitment is what authentic faith is founded in. Authentic faith is actual commitment not a spiritual curiosity. 
It's an actual commitment, not a spiritual curiosity. And, and here's where we're going to look. We're going to see in this story where the Samaritans, they're here, they're listening, they're seeing, and they're believing. You see this other picture of the Jews where they actually see and they've come to see. They haven't come to believe. They come to see the cool things that Jesus was doing. They come to see, it's like watching, they came to watch Jesus as the David Blaine of his day. The David Copperfield of his day. Like this is what they came to see Jesus as. They came to see the marvelous things that he did, but it wasn't really about Jesus who was doing them. Okay, so here we go. Now, these folks that came originally in this first part of, of what we right they came because of what what reason was the, the what was the purpose that these people came from Samaria the testimony of the Samaritan woman she had come and told them all of the things that he had had said and had done so they came out of initially a spiritual curiosity now here's where you have this big change okay you see along the way they spend time with Jesus they listen to Jesus. They see what Jesus is doing. But Jesus, as he is speaking to them, as Jesus is teaching them, as Jesus is investing in the lives of these people, what does it say about them? It says, many more believed because of what, because of what he said. It wasn't just about what people had told him or told them. It isn't about, well, we saw him do a whole bunch of cool stuff, so now all of a sudden we were like, well, I want to be a Christian. I want to follow this guy because he can feed Instead, Jesus taught. He established truth. He, he spoke into the lives of these people. And when they heard this truth of Christ, they believed. They have a commitment to what he is saying. They believe in it. They've, they've evaluated what he said, and they believe it is trustworthy. They were more engaged with Jesus. As opposed to when we look at these pictures of the Jews, the Jews came to see what Jesus had done, right? They were very interested in the things that he brought to the table. They were actually engaged with the gift of Jesus. And the Samaritans were engaged with the giver of the gift. You see, authentic faith isn't based on what Jesus can bring to offer you. Authentic faith is based and founded in Jesus. Not just the hope that he offers, but in the person of the Son of God. That is real faith. Real faith is not, let me lay out the table and show you all the offerings that Jesus has for you. The greatest offering that Jesus gives us is himself. This is authentic faith. Authentic faith is founded in the person, a commitment, a relationship, not just in a curiosity of what he has to bring. Now, spiritual curiosity, it is not a an authentic faith. It is, in fact, something that Jesus harshly condemns. Listen to this. There was a curiosity clothed in this religious garment. The Jews, when he was in the region of Galilee, he was there, and the Jews, all oh, they came out to see him. They came out to watch him. They came out here to observe him. Listen to this. They came, and as Jesus returned, he was met by an official whose son was dying. Now listen, he, he begs Jesus to come to him with, his home, or with him to his home and heal his son. And look what Jesus says. Unless you people see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Which is kind of seems like a jerk move on the surface, right? Like your kid's dying and Jesus is like, if you just, I mean, if you guys don't see signs, really? But I want you to think about this. Here's what Jesus is doing. He's actually looking around and seeing the people that have followed him to see the signs. And he's speaking directly to him. You are here just to observe what I can do. 
You're not here for a relationship with me. You're not here because you want to honor the Father. You are here because you want to see all the cool things that I can do. Watch, like magic. That's what you want to see. You don't want to see God lifted up. You don't want to see people loved. You don't want to see sinners and tax collectors and prostitutes and and lepers and the blind. You don't want to see the unclean be loved on and reached down to and healed. You want to see all these miracles, but you don't want to see the relationships that are being unfolded by the kingdom of God. I'm here for the hurting and the hopeless, and you have come for entertainment. This is not authentic faith. And he looks around, and he says, unless you people, unless you people see signs. And then listen to this father. Listen to this father. He looks, and he sees Jesus, and he says, I can just imagine. Can you not just imagine this father pleading with Jesus? But, but Lord, please come. Just please come. Please come. We'll keep going on this in just a second, but I want to address another aspect of authentic faith. Authentic faith is an informed belief, and it is not an emotional feeling. It is an informed belief. It is not an emotional feeling. So I'm going to talk about my wife for a second. And um, when we... She's in the floor back here sitting. If anybody wants to know what she looks like, she's right there. <laughs> Coming late, busted. Um, the first time I told my wife I love her, she was really a jerk to me. I just want to point this out. She was just like, you're a loser. Um, no joke. She was, she was very harsh. Um, and uh, I told her, I said, hey, I love you. And she goes, huh. Well, how do you know that? God, very romantic, right? Well, my, my response is even more romantic. Um, I made a choice, too. Which I do believe is more romantic than I just feel it in my heart. And I'll tell you why. Um, because um, when she asked me, she said, what are you talking about? Like, why, do you why do you say that? Why how do you mean this? And I said, I said, you know, I said, there will be moments when the emotional aspect of me feeling in love with you that can come and that can go. And it can be based on a circumstance of that day. But when I say I love you, it means that I love you regardless of how I feel and how you make me feel, or how anyone else makes me feel, regardless of what life has thrown at me. I've made a choice to love you, and to be with you, and to serve you, and, and that is the way that I say when I love you. It's why I can say I love all y'all, because there are going to be days that you get on my nerves, but I'm going to love you through it. That'll never happen on the other side. Like, I never get on people's nerves. I get that. Um, Because love is not based on just an emotional feeling. Now, with love, there is an emotional aspect. Let's just be real. There are moments when, you know, your husband or your wife does something really special for you, and you just feel that emotional, you know, butterfly in your, in your soul, right? But that does not happen every single day that you wake up out of bed. There are just some moments you want to definitely cut them in their sleep, <laughs> right? There are moments. There are moments, and it's just like, it's going to happen. I'm a light sleeper, so thank God. <laughs> it is an informed belief. It is a, an actual something based on truth, right? It is a commitment, right? Now, 
Faith includes content, and it is more than just an emotional moment. A lot of people will say that they've trusted in Christ because they've had an experience. Well, when I was 12 years old, man, I just really felt God talking to me, and so I prayed a prayer. Um, I had this emotional epiphany at a at summer camp. We base our feelings of security sometimes even on just overall morality. I'm just, I can look at my life and I don't feel like I'm that bad of a person. So obviously I'm a Christian. I get most things right, more things right than I do wrong. We base our faith on these things that we feel problem with that is is what happens on the days you don't feel it what happens on that day and what happens if the way you feel isn't even based on truth like morality are you really that moral of a person that you think you can outweigh the the scales of good versus bad this is what islam is based on i mean essentially it's as long as my good outweighs my bad then i make it yet in the face of a perfect god you will never be able to outweigh the scales on good and bad. It's impossible. He's infinitely holy and good. Which means there will never be enough for you to go out because one moment, one moment is infinitely swayed the balance to guilty. Which is why we need a Savior. Which is why we need an authentic faith. Which is why we need an informed belief and not an emotional feeling. Listen to this. This Jewish royal official, he came again, and by this point, you can just sense this pain. Please, I'm begging you, help him. Jesus simply says, go, your son will live. Jesus says, go, your son will live. And what did this official do? What did he do? He went. He took what Jesus said and trusted it. I don't know how he felt. It doesn't tell us that, you know, he felt like he had an emotional experience in that moment and walked away singing songs. No, he just said, Jesus said this, and he turned around, and he walked away and went home. Go, your son will live. And he left. He trusted Jesus. His trust is more than simply an emotional response in Jesus. His trust is based on something concrete. What is the something concrete that he put his trust in? What Jesus said. He took what Jesus said, and he believed it, and followed it, and went, and it shaped the direction of his life. In this moment, every aspect of this father, listen, if you have kids, you know how you feel when your kids are sick. You worry, you think, you pray. I can remember when Hudson was in the NICU, and just every single moment, like it was, it was obsessive in my thoughts and in my heart. Here's this father with his son on his deathbed, and it only took the words of Jesus, go, your son will live. And he said, okay, that's good enough for me. This man wasn't riding an emotional high. He wasn't riding a moment of, you know, here's the way I feel. He took what Jesus said in spite of how he felt as a father with a dying son. And he believed that Jesus can do and means what he says. And he went and he walked toward his home based on what Jesus said over what he felt as a father because he came to bring Jesus with him because that's what he needed right but in the moment when Jesus spoke he believed and he went the words of Jesus caused this man's faith 
And if you compare that to what brought about the happenings of the Samaritans, the authentic faith in the Samaritans, many more believed because of what? Because of what he had said. And here's the deal. Authentic faith is more than just an emotional feeling. Authentic faith is an informed belief about Jesus Christ, and we need a basis for that type of belief. And here's the basis. In the last four chapters, we've gone through four chapters in the book of John, and listen to this. There are eight different titles of Jesus used, and I'm just going to go fast. Listen to this. In one one, Jesus was announced as the Word, the one who could perfectly reveal God to man. In one twenty nine and 30, verse 36, Jesus is declared the Lamb of God, the one who would offer his life as a sacrifice for the sin of each man and woman. In chapter 1, verse 34, Jesus is called the Son of God, the one unique Son who was sent by the Father as a love gift for his people. In 1, 38 and 3, 2, Jesus is identified as Rabbi, one who could perfectly teach us what God is like and how to be reconciled to him. In chapter 1, verse 41, Jesus is described as the Messiah, the one who would completely fulfill the promises of God given in the Old Testament. In 149, Jesus is welcomed as the King of Israel, the one who would sit on the throne and rule over his kingdom. And in 151, Jesus is called the Son of Man, the one whom Daniel prophesied would have an everlasting dominion that would never pass away, filled with people from every nation and language who would serve him. And in chapter 442, Jesus is proclaimed to be the Savior of the world, the one who had shed his blood to bring salvation to all mankind. We have a basis in this belief and in each of these different titles, we can see the basis of who Jesus is as the one that we can believe in. Authentic faith is not rooted in an emotional experience, but it is in the truth about Jesus Christ. Authentic faith is rooted in the person of Jesus Christ. Authentic faith is a growing dependence, and it is not a single decision. And I'm going to explain this. When I was a kid, I prayed a prayer, and... I said, I was, you know, 12 or so, I think. Anyways, I was at church, had an experience, and I said, hey, I need some of this Jesus dude. I want to get me some of that. Whatever he's offering, I'm in. And, you know, I did the church thing. I did the, I'm going to walk in this faith thing, I guess. And, man, I did it so, so imperfectly. But let me explain. I had this emotional moment where I made a single decision to follow Christ, right? Except if you looked at my life, if you looked in my life for the next 12 years, there was not one single aspect of my life that looked like someone following Jesus. I may have made a commitment at an altar in a church, but nothing about my commitment actually translated into the life of someone that is following Jesus Christ. There's something wrong with that. There's something wrong with that. Because if I trust Jesus, if I'm making a commitment to Jesus, if, if, if I am entering in a relationship, a saving relationship with the King of kings, with the God of the universe, then wouldn't that translate into other areas of my life? Wouldn't my life look like someone that followed him? I prayed a prayer, but I never entered a saving authentic, faith-based relationship with Jesus. Because they're different things. They are not the same thing. 
we don't have to base this just on my story, okay? That'd be foolish to do so. So let's see what the Bible says about it. Authentic faith always continues. It doesn't stop. It doesn't give up. It doesn't turn away. Genuine believers continue to follow Christ. Listen to this. In John chapter 6, uh, verse 66 through 69, there is a place where we see believers, at least people that seem to be believers, that look like believers, that have at least, they've come to be interested in Jesus, and they turn their backs on Jesus. Listen to this. From that moment on, many of his disciples turned back and no longer accompanied him. So Jesus said to the twelve, you don't want to go away too, do you? Simon Peter said, Lord, to whom will we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. Now, we need to ask this question. How are we going to understand what happened to these disciples who turned away? Because what I also want to be clear is this is not a, um, a, a place where I like, lay my cards out there. I don't believe that once you are an actual Christian that you lose your faith. I believe in once you become a Christian, you are a Christian. That is it. So how do we make an understanding of this moment? How do we understand, how do we reconcile this place if it's true that once you are saved and in Christ, he has secured your, your salvation that is protected under him, that is, it is invested through him, it is, is covered by him. How do we then reconcile this? I think we start first with this question. What is genuine belief? What does it actually mean to believe? What does it mean to believe? Genuine belief is a belief that continues. If we look at this contrast of the ones that turned away in the twelve, Jesus asked the twelve if they also wanted to leave, and Peter answered, saying, Where would we even go, man? Where would we go? You, you are the one we believe in. You are the Savior. You are the Messiah. Where would we even go? You see, authentic faith endures, it perseveres, and it continues even when it's difficult or even when it's dangerous because it is founded in truth. Now, if we go to 1 John chapter 2, 19, we're going to look at this real quick, and then I'm going to keep moving. It says this, children, or sorry, that's 18. They went out from us, in verse 19, they went out from us, but they did not belong to us. For if they belonged to us, they would have remained with us. However, they went out so that it might be made clear that none of them belonged to us. So when we look at this set of scripture, and we look at what happened in chapter 6, why did people leave whenever it got difficult? It was because it was based on a spiritual curiosity, not on an authentic faith that is dependent and growing. They made a decision at one point to come out and get some bread. They made a decision to come out and see what Jesus was doing. But they didn't make the decision to continue in following in the faith that, that is lived out in the believer. They actually left when the road got tough. When Jesus would say, hey, listen, it's, this isn't going to be easy. There will be a cost associated with following me. They left, and they left easily because the relationship had not been engaged in. They had a curiosity that led to a moment. They had an emotional experience that led to a moment, but they had nothing that led to a relationship. They had nothing that led to an authentic faith. They did not have a growing dependence. They had a single moment, and they neglected the growing dependence on Christ. On the other hand, the disciples, 
by persevering in their faith, they've demonstrated that their faith is indeed authentic. And if we look at it from a today's perspective, here's how I would say it. Being a Christian is not the easiest thing in the world. It is difficult on some days. There are moments when people do you dirty. And your initial gut response is you want to fight back. There are moments when people will look at us as if we are foolish. Because we take of our time and we take of our money and we give to help people that, from the world's standard, are undeserving. We look and we see people not as people to take advantage of, but as people to serve. We get together on a Sunday morning when the NFL kicks off for week one. And we spend an hour, hour and 15 minutes in corporate worship and praise together when we could be getting our wings ready. I mean, really, really, people will look at this and say, why would you give up an hour of your weekend? Why would you give up two hours of your weekend? Why would you give up a night of the week to practice in the worship team? Why would you give up a night of the week as an elder, as a lead team member, as a ministry person? Like, why would you give up time to go and to serve kids that carry germs and are probably booger infested that aren't yours? It makes no sense. It makes no sense. I'll tell you why. Because I didn't base it on a single decision. I based it on a growing dependence because God has called me to do this for the rest of my existence in this life and the next. I will live for his glory. It will not be a one-time commitment. It will be an every single day. In, in the emails that Bobby has sent out in the last few weeks, you've mentioned a Sunday decision to come to church is not made on Sunday. It's made on what? A Saturday. It's a Friday decision. To be a Christian, to live out your faith, it is not a one-time decision. It is a every single morning when you wake up, God help me so I don't cut somebody. God help me because I am so much in love with me that I can't live my life today in the service of my wife. And the only way that it is possible is if you help me. I am not able to live and to make much of your name apart from your equipment. You have to move in my life if you want me to impact people for the gospel. God, I need your help. You have called me to this. I don't know what it looks like today. Lord, help me. It is a commitment in every single moment. It is not a one, if it's a one-time commitment, then 16 years later on that day when you want to look and just do something else, that decision is so far from us, it's really easy to choose the other direction. We think of faith, we can think of faith. Listen, authentic faith is an actual commitment, an informed belief, and it is a growing dependence on Christ. This is what authentic faith is. Authentic faith is an actual commitment, an informed belief, and a growing dependence on Christ. We can think of faith in Jesus in a way that we think about marriage. I'm going to give a little bit of a, a story. If, Mike, I'm going to use you for a second. If Mike were to ask me um, if I was married, what would my answer be? It would be yes, right? If Mike asked me how did I know I was married, uh, Mike mentioned that, well, I got married May 12th, May 18th of 2012. God, I'm in so much trouble. May 19th. I'm sick. I'm sorry. I'm, I've got a cold. 
Should have told this story second service. I'm in trouble. <laughs> Listen, it's just, I, I went with an earlier date because I wish it was longer. Uh, there's no getting out. God. Anyways, I might mention my wedding ceremony years ago and might, might respond, well, I know a lot of people who had a wedding ceremony that aren't married. Well, how do I know I'm married? Is it because I have a piece of paper that says I'm married? Is it because I have photos in an album? Is it because I have a wedding ring? Is it because I can look back that day when we did get married and, and all the folks that were there can remind me that, hey, you got married? No. No, I know I'm married because every single night I go home Every time my wife comes home, there she is. There I am. I get to go to bed with her. I get to have dinner with her. We get to have meals together. Every single day, we get to play with our kids together. We go do things together. We spend time together. How do I know I'm married? Because the relationship and the commitment is done every single day. We live out my marriage. Our marriage is, is in action every single day. I'm not married because we made a decision six years ago. I'm married, and I know that I'm married, because every single day since then, we have lived out our marriage in sync with each other, and there are days that, man, you get up on stage at a church, and you start to talk about your marriage, and you just get the date wrong, and then she's there, and then she is loving and gracious to say, uh, you know what, you're a moron, I get it. Um, and then there are other days where you just hit home run. But every single moment in between, I've lived out my marriage. That's how I know I'm married. So, like, if Mike asked me, it wouldn't be because, well, I got married back in the day. It's because I have a wife that I love, I enjoy, and I am in a relationship with. It is an informed decision. It is an actual commitment. And I know that every day I have a growing dependence on her. What does authentic, authentic faith look like? For the Christian, it looks like this. It is an actual commitment with the person of Christ and an informed belief about who this Jesus is. And it is a growing dependence on who he is. That is authentic faith. Now, are you a Christian? Are you a believer in Christ? Don't look at it and say, well, in 2004 I made a decision. The reason I know I'm a Christian is not because I made a decision in 2004. I know I'm a Christian because every single day he reminds me of how much he loves me. Every single day he is with me. On the days that I fail miserably, he is so gracious and compassionate to me. And on the days that I can look at myself and say, I killed it. He reminds me of how weak and vulnerable I am against the sin of pride. And he says, Wesley, you killed it because you relied on me, not because of you. What does your faith look like every single day? My marriage is lived out every day. My faith is lived out every day. For the Christian, our faith starts morning when we hit the floor. It goes to work. It comes home at night. It falls asleep with us. It is there when we eat. It is there when we bathe. It is there when we mow the yard. It is there when we are trying not to choke our kids at Walmart. For 2,000 years, a synonym for the Christian has been believer. It is not believed. 
is believer. Are you a believer in Jesus Christ? And is your faith authentic? Are you living it out every single day? It is not a one-time commitment. It is not an emotional experience alone. It is an informed belief. It is a daily dependence. And it is one that will always lead you closer to him every single day, to the dependence on him every single day. What does your faith look like? We have communion up front. And this is the body of Christ and the blood of Christ. What it means is this, is that with the crackers that we have, we take this cracker and we say, hey, this represents what Jesus has done for me on the cross. Jesus' body was broken for me. And this juice, when we take and we dip in, we say, God, this reminds me of the blood that you poured out for me. You died on the cross for me. My faith is real. I have a growing dependence on you. And God, when I take this communion, when I take this communion, I, I reflect in my own heart and I look inside and I say, God, how hopeless am I without you at my side, without you leading me every single step. I am hopeless and miserably lost. My condition is this. Apart from you, I am hopeless. But I remember. I remember. that when I take this communion, I look to you, my need of you, and I say, thank you, Father. Thank you for doing this for me. So the table's going to be open. If you want to pray, then by all means, please come up and pray. We're going to have the praise and worship team in a few minutes. I don't, I, I don't know if anybody's in here yet. Matt, are they on their way in? or I don't see them. I can sing. Listen, guys, listen, I've been waiting for this moment. This might be it. Um, this might be it. Um, all right, they're here, so we're going to go ahead and pray then, and uh, we'll dismiss. But listen, where I can sing, I mean, I can. Um, Tim can tell you, I'm good. And um, we don't always mention, but listen, these all this this I guess it's an altar. I don't know. I, I call it a stage, but you can come up here and man, if you want to pray, pray. This is your house as much as it is ours. Like, this is a place for us as a family to come and to love each other, to serve each other, and to hopefully serve people that God would bring into our, our family. So if you want prayer, if you need prayer, if you just want to come up and just do communion, by all means, the table's open. Up here we have people to pray with you. If you don't know who those people are, just grab the first person you see if it's them. They didn't even know it. I just signed them up. But God has given us a place to seek him, to love him, to enjoy him, and enjoy each other through the midst of that. So we're going to do communion. We're going to have a place to pray. The band's going to lead us in worship, and then we can hit our chicken wings up. All right? Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank you so much for who you are. God, you are a God without compare. You are the king of my heart, the master of my ship, God, authentic faith. Um, God, you give us faith. So I just ask that you would give us faith today. There are moments in your word where we see people struggling with their faith, where they have doubt, where they have serious moments of self-loathing, where they look at ourselves and they look at each other and we see that we are so inadequate and insufficient and we are so unworthy of your grace. And, and, and God, 
You, in every single moment, speak into the lives of people that are unworthy, and you speak into people that are broken, and you speak into people that are hurting. And in every single situation that we've seen, God, you have always given new life into those people that reach out to you. So, God, that you would speak into our hearts today, that you would increase our faith. God, like the father that asked for help for his son, that you would speak into our lives and that we would live in that for the rest of our days, that we would grow in our dependence on you, that we would see our faith founded in you, and, God, that you would help us to delight in you more and more every single day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.